0: let's begin welcome everybody to this special podcast we have Alice Alvey joining me on the microphone today we're gonna be talking about how her company Union Home Mortgage is responding to the issues that have come upon us as a result of the coronavirus COVID-19 and we're gonna talk about what they're doing I do want to say a special thank you to our sponsors Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, One Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, Vendorsurf, and Vidyard. Thank you to all our sponsors that make our podcast possible each and every week this podcast is created by mortgage professionals, it is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener share this. And we're talking about sharing timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere, and there is a lot to talk about. Joining me on the microphone on this special podcast is Alice Alvey. So good to have you here joining. Alice, thank you.
1: Thanks, Dave. I'm, I'm glad we get a chance to stretch out on everything that's going on You know, inside everyone's walls of the company as we tackle the virus and the impact to the market and the economy and most importantly to each other.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what we're here to do, is support each other. We had a lot of requests for this special podcast, in part because of the comments, some of the comments, very positive comments the leadership you've been bringing for years, over 10 years to this podcast and to our listeners and also specifically what you're doing there. But I'm going to touch on something. We're not going to get into the liquidity in the markets right now, but Folks, we are hearing about uh, the liquidity issues. i get Alice to comment on it, but we certainly have heard that it's frozen when it comes to the non-QM product. What surprises me is that it's frozen on the jumbo product. I thought for sure institutional investors would be staying in there buying that product. So that was the one that kind of took me by surprise. Alice, you want to talk before we get into all the operational components that we're going to get into? Do you want to talk a bit about the liquidity? I'll just
1: comment that obviously we had to react to that very swiftly because – the non-QM market did literally start to, you know, evaporate overnight and no one wants to be holding those loans because there's no place else for them to go. And jumbo market, you know, uh, is right right there with it as well. So as lenders, everyone's scouring their pipelines and we're going to be back to 2008, it feels like, right? With Fannie Freddie and FHA, VA and USDA as our loan products.
0: There are so many issues. That is so true. It does feel a lot like 2008. And one of the things I'm looking forward to in, as we co- after we cover some of the operational issues is the leadership that Bill Cosgrove is bringing to your company. Bill's a leader. I can't wait to get into that. It's one of my favorite topics. By the way listeners, we're going to have another special podcast this week. We're working with Black Knight. I have a conference call with them this afternoon about bringing on talking about more about e-mortgages, e-solutions, everything. So we're going to be doing a lot of focusing on what is available to you and what you can do to get set up. Mers, Amy Moses and what they're doing over at MERS at ICE Mortgage Services. Going to have them on for a special podcast. So lots, a lot of coverage we're going to be covering beyond our regular podcast. So be sure to stay tuned share this out. But let's get into it, Alice. The first topic I want to get into is an appraisals and remote signatures. Fannie Mae proved the drive-by appraisal. What are you guys and how are you responding to that? And has this been much of an issue for you, or is that just like, okay, good, that one's resolved?
1: Well, it's definitely helpful, right? But when you read the memo, and I'm just trying to pull up the LTVs right now, right? You're not going to get it on every appraisal. So we're going to be watching for appraisal waivers right away, uh, making sure that we're leveraging that. We're going to be watching for, you know, are we able to do the drive-by or the desktop appraisal? And the appraisers uh, obviously are going to be happy about that as well as the homeowners also definitely leveraging the fact that uh, for the completion reports uh, that the appraiser doesn't have to go back out in some cases, you know, it's still a challenge for the loans that won't fall into those buckets We're, you know, this has only been around now for, you know, what a day and a half. And so we're still getting a feel for how many loans are going to fall into that group. And the ones that don't, you know, those are going to be the challenge when the appraiser refuses to go out to the home. Sometimes it's the homeowner who doesn't want to let the appraiser in. Folks just have to work that out, right? There are ways to do this in a lot of cases, but not all. And so certainly we're running into the same issues as anyone else where you may have a high-risk borrower, you know, medically. So you just take them case by case and, and do what you can to calm people's fears, but never, of course, implying that someone has to do something that they shouldn't or that they're uncomfortable with. So, you know, we're walking that day by day right now with appraisals.
0: You raise a good point, and that is some LTVs. That is not going to be applicable. And then there's the other factor: is If you're not selling direct to the GSEs, Fannie specifically, or Freddie, then you're going to have to go back to what the aggregator that you're selling to is doing. So because we hear these guidelines, we can assume that all the aggregators are going to fall in line. But there are some nuances. And have we ever had any clear guidance in any email? And that's not because they're not tried to be clear, Alice. But you read these emails, like you just said, we're re- diving into the email, we're looking at it, we're looking at specifically what they mean. No matter how hard they try to eliminate ambiguity, there's always some level of ambiguity that we could read into it. How are you dealing with that? Just taking, I'm assuming, David, the more conservative posture on a, if, if where you're seeing any ambiguity.
1: Well, we're not seeing any because we're straight to the agencies on everything, right, with the exception of the non-QM. So I think really the part that was a little gray initially was just which MI companies are going to be on board. And uh, Epson was on board right away. Then we heard Arch National MI. I'm going to apologize that the other MI companies are all on board now, and uh, I didn't get the memo. But in any case, it's good to see that we have multiple MI companies who are going to support the reduced appraisal formats. I don't feel there's any ambiguity in what Fannie and Freddie are allowing. And I think the issue really were the challenges with appraisals right now. Some of the biggest complaints are with VA. Because it's not as easy to just change appraisers, right? VA assigns the appraiser. And if that person doesn't want to go out and do the order, or, um, now you've really got a problem. Uh, so, the you know, we're waiting. Uh, we're expecting to hear something. The news is that uh, potentially by tomorrow we should be hearing from FHA and at least VA I'm not sure about USDA, but we should be hearing the government agencies as a whole, hopefully hear from them this week on any concessions that they're going to make to be able to allow for us to accommodate the social distancing that has to go on You know, there are solutions. There are ways to make this work, to still have a viable appraisal, and uh, we just need those agencies to agree to it. This shouldn't be as difficult as everyone's making it for, you know, (laughs) just let's bend the rules a little bit, folks. (laughs) Uh, That's all we need to do. We're not asking for fraudulent valuations. There's lots of information to do a really reliable desktop appraisal Anyway, that's my personal opinion there tacked
0: on at the end. Uh, this- I think it is. It's very doable. I think it's a great that – it's a good point that you're, you're right. The Fannie Mae email did not have much gray in it. It was pretty black and white, pretty clear. But it's how people are interpreting it and how that's being mm. spoken about by others and aggregators, specifically. Okay. So, th- again, this is, this is where – you know, do we want to follow suit? Can we follow suit on that? And there's just a lot of you know anxiety around liquidity. Yeah. Can we get this loan sold into the secondary markets? Yeah, we heard the MI companies yeah. are on board, but you raised a really good point about VA. So we'll uh, get an update out to everybody as we hear more on that. Let's talk a little bit about any more, anything more you want to share on the appraisal side, then I want to get into remote signatures, if not.
1: No, I think the appraisals, you, uh, you know, we touched on it. Just the other thing about the agency memos, make sure you're watching the FAQs. They do have a good list of FAQs, and I'm sure they'll keep building on that as well.
0: Good. Let's get into remote signatures, Alice. That's which getting everything, the e-mortgage. Talk about what Union Home Mortgage is doing and what you hear from your network that others are doing.
1: Well, obviously, you know one of our biggest challenges across the country is you know the title agent's uh, ability to perform a remote or a social distance closing, right? So maybe you're mm-hmm. one of the few companies that has completely mastered and you know an e an e closing and then an, uh, you know all the way through e note e mortgage. That's not most companies, right? A lot of companies still really relied on that that there was some level of face-to-face interaction needed for those few documents that needed the wet signature and to get the notary. That's still a big part of the country. So you may be able to get electronic documents, which is step one. So I would recommend everybody has to go figure that out. You've got to have that I can at least get the bulk of my documents electronically signed, even though I have a few that still need a wet signature. Because it's a lot different for a consumer if I've got to figure out how to sit in my car in the parking lot somewhere because <laughs> the parking lots are all empty. So pick any parking lot, right? <laughs> yep. um, I shouldn't be laughing. That's my, uh, you know, it's, uh, but you get the irony there. So I've got to yes. sign 35 documents or more and then there's, uh, you know, versus just have to have two signs. So it really is, uh, I think, a benefit if you can get e-docs and then arrange just that. You've got some protocol and procedures to still allow the closing to happen. And what works best for your company and your scenarios with that, keeping that distance, how can people exchange paper file to get a signature Keep your own pen. Don't get the pen back. You know, everybody has different levels of how they feel they need to manage the possibility of the transmission of the virus. And So that really is a buy company. Um, understand the people that you're working with. You have to understand your borrower, too. Some borrowers are going to be, oh, I'm not buying any of this. Get over here. Give me your pen. I'll sign it. I'm fine. And other customers are very, very concerned. So you have to really set up your system to accommodate the concerned customers. I'll give you an example. Before this really got bad, I was in a Steinmarch and absolutely impressed. I was about the only one in the store. I had to get something. was purchasing that and the cashier put on rubber gloves to handle my stuff as if it was food. And it was a set of rubber gloves just for my stuff that she picked up and she put in the bag and I thought, are you protecting me or are you protecting yourself? But either way, that was an interesting idea. That was, yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was before all the shutdowns. That was, uh, like a, that was, well, that was a good two weeks ago. So, you know, it, sometimes you have to, maybe that's too extreme for what you say your customers want, but you have to have that level of preparedness to identify what are your customers' needs in the current circumstances Uh, to make sure that they feel safe as you're facilitating getting a wet signature, Uh, because that's the reality. You can dedicate your IT department, tell them to drop everything, forget about URLA. I'll tell you that, too. The other thing about e-closings and electronic documents is you're going to have to get it set up, but it means a lot of dedicated IT resources. And if that's what you're going to do, other projects suffer. So I'd love to, Dave, I'd love to kind of segue here into just talking about IT projects in general, Yeah. that, Everyone's reprioritizing what is now considered important to speed up operations and help facilitate this type of closing. And I am hoping as an industry we can get ERLA uh, postponed. uh, To me, it's crazy if they think that's getting implemented November 1st with all the diversion of IT resources that uh, companies have to do to accommodate this in this season you know, somebody says, oh, but don't forget about your URLA that's going to be changing. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the last thing on our list right now. (laughs) Right. Um, I get it. It's still out there, but uh, I'm hoping for an extension on that one.
0: Well, it, it's funny to what extremes people are going to. I mean, this, when it comes to the IT area, it's a lot. Uh, i got to go back to the signing of the remote documents. We literally watched one company go out and borrow, seeing the restaurants are closed. They went out to one of the favorite chains where you do the drive-up and order. They got those hang-off-the-window baskets that sit on there, and they were having people pull into the parking lot. They were putting the documents on a tray putting, having them roll down their window, they stepped back and they guided them through the process and they were wearing rubber gloves. It was, I mean, I'm looking at some of the provisions and innovations that's out there. The guy humorously said, I would have had them, the escrow clerks, put on roller skates just to try to add some humor to the thing, but they didn't know how to do that. So we're looking (laughs) to the old drive up window of the old A&Ws that we used to know. So there's a lot of things that are being done up there, what we can do. E, One of the things this is I'm going to definitely do is accelerate the e-mortgage. You raise up a good point on the appraisals, the IT issues. Excellent. Let's talk about a little bit about the lockdown. You were getting into it when you were talking about IT. What are some of the special provisions you have at Union Home Mortgage done, one of which you said on the program on Monday was you had already gone to issuing laptops for everyone in the company, which takes l- packing up your computer and going home a much easier solution. What other special provisions have you guys put in place or did you have in place? And what are you going to be putting in place in light of our current market?
1: Well, let's see. Uh, so i been at the company. It's always been laptop-based, not desktop. Uh, so that that part, obviously our IT uh, department had to. The- go through some massive mobilization to make sure everyone was able to be set up at home. You run into having to go case by case for each person for their home Internet, you know, what is their arrangement, you know, making sure that they had proper, uh, we knew they at least had their laptop, and then we worked to determine who needed a docking station, who needed extra monitors. So we did handle it individual by individual for the, uh, the, the items that they needed, and everybody got there. It was a lot of work by a lot of people, but we we got there.
0: The biggest issue is the connectivity. How are you connecting into there? I'm assuming you have a VPN that everyone's
1: required to be on their VPN uh, at all times. We've already noticed a major uptick in phishing. So, just a word of warning to folks out Mm -hmm. there that when you send your people home, right? The hackers and the scammers, the bad guys out there know, oh, hey, now they're at home on their home internet, and they're not, you know, at your corporate locked down uh, infrastructure. So, you know, maybe I can get in there a little bit easier, and I can get to the phishing. So, no one should be working outside of uh, their, their VPN. And even then, Uh, Make sure you're retraining everybody on their phishing awareness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking to a security specialist on this, hoping to do another podcast on that one, on cybersecurity specifically. And if you accept, you're using that laptop, if you're, accepting emails, uh, you should be not accepting any emails uh, that have phishing. You just need to be aware of it. Check the URL. If they're asking for a password, look at that address line. If it is not the vendor, not the, the the party that you're doing this, I just caught two last night trying to come in to me. We got emails. Please update our new COVID security agreement. That's what the title was for the ones I've been at least looking at as a potential. Is this real? And so a lot of people are saying new security updates uh, and that's one of the phishing schemes that's pretty good out there and these guys are I mean good they're 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 bad, but they're really clever and innovative in how they're getting you down so if you look at that mm-hmm. address line, that's the number of things What I do is uh, it came out with one of the vendors that I was working with. I got that notification. I just shut down that email went into the vendor to see logged into the vendor's portal directly or to their website and saw if there was anything there, and that's when I identified, no, this was a phishing. It was so well done. The way they did the email or the uh, URL, Alice, it was very clever, so close that a, a less discerning eye would have gone in and provided information. And that's probably going to be one of the things that comes out of this that's a little bit on the scary side. We need to tighten this up, but good point. Any other provisions that you have made related to the lockdown?
1: Yeah, so we obviously, everyone's, you know, on uh, face webinars, we're getting on our service provider to make sure that we aren't going to have connectivity problems. And so far, they've been okay, you know. I think one of the things to really think about is all of your managers who were used to managing on-site, They managed by reaction. They could walk by, we use the term partner for all our employees, so they would walk by Mm -hmm. a partner and they could visually see, was that person okay? Are they working? How are they feeling today? You know, you could hear voices. You could hear if they're having, you know, uh, issues going on and you were intuitive to that and then that's what maybe caused you to react as a manager. So we're, we're very aware of the different skill set that it takes to manage remote partners. And we have a lot of managers who do that all the time and are very good at it, but others, you know, from our corporate office and or maybe at branches who weren't used to managing remote people, they need some training. They need to know how to take verbal cues just from a voice or now how to just see somebody occasionally on a WebEx. You know, having sunup and sundown meetings maybe is necessary. So really talking with each manager to customize their new style, things they have to think about, Coming up with a lot of fun games, we got a lot of those, too, to make sure we can still have that, have fun, but get it done attitude. And then same with the partners who are working from remote. A lot of people don't like it. They're very social, and so we need to make sure we're accommodating that.
0: Are you noticing with the people that you're working with, any issues as far as there there's more anxiety out there? I'm assuming you're right. When you're when you're in a central office with everything locked down, so to speak. You're in your office, you're interacting with your people, you're you're picking up on the vibe of the people that you're around. But there's now they're all remote. Are you seeing any indication that staff has a higher anxiety level? Are they liking working from home? And I say that because the reports I'm getting is people are going, I love this. I don't want to go back <laughs> to the office, make this a permanent deal. So much so that I got calls from three business owners saying, this is going to save me thirty to to $100,000 a month in leases. We're going to be giving up office space now that we figured this out.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, there is definitely some of that where people realize, hey, you know what, this is better than I thought it was. But to your point, your question before about, you know, how do you perhaps deal with it? They're having personal anxiety. Maybe they're fine with working remote. Although we do have some partners, it's not easy because they're all home, right? Their, their spouse is home. Their college kids are home. And, it, you know, it's not just trying to set up one office. They're trying to set up three or four offices at home right. for people to work.
0: Yep.
1: And that's a, you know, so that's a temporary challenge. I think uh, we, our managers hold one-on-one huddles with every, every partner on a very regular basis, right? So some companies go, oh, yeah, I have one-on-ones, you know, I talk to them. But it's not a true, let's just talk about you and that partner drives the conversation, not the manager. And it's not about, you know, the tasks that had to get done today, it's, It's a true how are you feeling, how are things going. Let's zero in on still your personal goals. Don't lose sight of that person still has career goals. Help them still see, you know, there is a future way beyond this. Uh, You can do a lot of self-study at home. So we are encouraging partners to always have a learning goal as part of their goals. Help them stay focused. That it's okay to dedicate some time, you know, barring those who are trying to process around it, right? But you know, you have those one-on-one conversations so you can keep in touch with folks and understand where their emotions are at, so that anxiety doesn't build. And as leaders, you have your job is to keep them calm. Calm is contagious, just like panic is.
0: I got to chuckle. There's so much humor out there that's going on and (laughs) injecting just a light moment. I cracked up when uh, the husband and wife were both working from home, and he says, day one of the lockdown, and I just was told by my wife that she's filing a complaint with H.R., uh, for, for harassment, <laughs> and I got such a chuckle out of it, and I don't even work for her company, so it's was just, it, there was some humor, there's some great, great stuff that's causing us to laugh in, in the midst of this, but it's real. My daughter, who yeah. just got married, she and her husband are both working from home, they packed up and went to, my wife was sick, so they were going to come here, but they wanted to, they went to be with his parents, And all of their other kids are home from college, and he's were home. So you sit and think about it. There are six people working off of one Internet connection that was previously home use. And so (laughs) it is maxing out infrastructure uh, uh, related to the Internet all over the place. And they have a beautiful, huge home. But I'm thinking of the ones that have smaller homes where you do have multiple kids home and trying to find people it, a space to work. It, it it's presenting a real challenge, and I think these are going to, some good things are going to come out of this when you start looking at what we're how we're going to anticipate the potential of this down the road. But there's things we could go on and on about the special provisions. Yeah. You want to add to that?
1: Oh, well, I can, I think my favorite one is, you know, in three weeks we're going to know what everyone's real hair color is. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, that was hilarious. I yeah. love that one. And, uh, yeah. but, you know, so I, and it was funny. I think <laughs> Sue Woodward commented on that as well in one of her posts on LinkedIn. So I, I have to say, you know what, that's going to be fun. Let's go for it. Let's enjoy being in sweatshirts and casual while we're working at home and uh let's uh let's all see what our real hair color (laughs) (laughs) so funny oh
0: yeah that comment has come up a couple of times that's hilarious love sue woodward (laughs) and her ability to on her social network she's excellent and she is just so funny let's talk Mm -hmm. about title insurance there's been a lot of concerns about the title insurance about exceptions and uh, provisions around all the issues related to title insurance what are you guys doing there what are you hearing
1: Well, I think just uh, real quick, I'll just mention that uh, we do want to see that gap insurance. So we're just following agency requirements, right, to make sure that we're protected. We know that we have the recorder's offices are are going to be uh, a challenge, or they're not operational now. Um, So we do, we're fortunate that we have Mutual Title, our title company, and we have great relationships with the title providers uh, that we're doing business with to help ensure that, uh, the paperwork and everything is ready to go uh, as soon as we know things will be open. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a big thing. This is a relationship issue too. Uh, so some of you are smaller companies. Um, you may have that relationship with a title company that's local and you feel oh, I've got this under, this is when being a small community bank, you're going, Oh, I got this. Cause I know Betsy down at the recording office. Right. <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but For the majority who are in the big cities and uh, subject to that uh, you still need to know your providers and uh, right now I think the best recommendation I can say at this time is the gap insurance
0: yeah Yeah, work with the major providers of the gap insurance let's talk about tips and strategies for how Union Home is doing on the recordings especially when you look at 1,000 plus remote workers that's crazy Alice And then closing loans in 27 days or less, how are you going to achieve this?
1: Well, uh, I'll tell you one of the things that was amazing. When the volume first hit, right, you're just going, holy cow, we're breaking records with the lock. And now you look around the company and you go, okay, who moved out of their position? Who used to process and underwrite? Uh, Who knows this stuff? And you know what? It's all hands on deck. So we literally did a, a, a relook at who knows how to do this stuff and, and moved people back into positions. People volunteered. You know, we didn't have to tell mm-hmm. them. They were like, hey, you know what? I used to do uh, processing. I'm happy to jump in. I'm going to go help with processing. Uh, so we did a workforce realignment uh, to get extra help. We are training people in the who are in the training department who are content developers. We put some non-priority projects on hold and said, you know what, go help do verbal verification, and they're being trained to do verbal verification. So we, we are a true partnership, all hands on deck to get uh, where we have not had to sacrifice our closing times, and that was one of the real big keys on how we did it. Obviously, with people being locked down at home, and you go, hey, would you like some uh, extra overtime? They're all going, yeah, what the heck, I might as well make some money while I'm stuck at home. So uh, <laughs> yep. uh, if, if I can't do anything else. So Um, And, of course, the leadership. I I just can't say enough for Jill Ross, uh, J.P. Seglowski. You know, we've got uh, several folks who run our operations, and they are just amazing at their ability to keep people motivated, help them feel like you're getting released. And at the same time, a big shout-out to our IT department. So uh, that's so many people I can't even start to list them. They have redesigned uh, some of our technology and our screens so that they could each everyone could be more efficient. So like I mentioned earlier, realign some projects. So the 18 wheel is going down the highway, right, at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> and we're changing <laughs> well, the It goes and it's working. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we were talking this morning, looks like the lug nuts are on tight. We're going. <laughs> we're doing well. Um, yeah. So that's I think that's key is look, prior, reprioritize every project. And actually, that happens every day. So we meet every morning. Senior leadership meets every morning without fail. Bill's got the latest update. He's well-connected in Washington and with Congress, and he's amazing at his ability to help us all keep level heads. And the number one thing is trust. Um, we yes. all trust his leadership. We trust our operations and sales leadership immensely, and that's uh, that works. I want to talk
0: about those meanings in just a minute. I want to go back to something you said about training. Because a lot Mm -hmm. of people look at training and their investment in training. And you know, Alice, we've both been in the industry for lots and lots of years. (laughs) And training is not something that is typically given as much of investment and attention as necessary. But this is going to be one of the deciding factors. I mean, I think who's going to be able to get through this, Uh, handle these large workloads, more effectively. You raised that up. Talk about your training program and how it is benefiting you. You alluded to it, but go into it a little bit more. I think I just want to make sure we land on that point for those that have resisted having a really mature training program.
1: Okay. I'm happy to help. You know, first of all, I'll let you all know there's a lot of free stuff. Everybody's jumping on this. LinkedIn Learning, New Horizons, Oh, my gosh, I must have gotten four or five emails for free training for, a, for managing remote people. So there's no excuses. You can't even say it costs money because it's free right. and it's good. I think the next layer you need, though, is to be able, nothing out of the box is going to exactly fit your culture and address all of the things that you need. So in times like this, this is when you know, okay, maybe I get something off the shelf for free. Then that makes it easier. i just got to make a five-minute video where someone then adds the customization about my company-specific items. It's so easy. Uh, There are so many very affordable learning management systems out there. If you Google that, you'll probably find 50 of them. And they're very simple and easy to work with, easy to load. They're not expensive. Being able to facilitate remote learning is not a high cost and it's so easy to just create your own YouTube to start with so don't look at it as a big cost you know i guess yeah. we could give a shout out to knowledge coop too you know they're a they're a provider in the industry and yeah. uh, they do a great job yeah.
0: Yep. They're no, and one of our sponsors, we're grateful, and I'm talking to Ken Perry, and I think we're gonna be looking at they're they're putting together a virtual conference and I'll be speaking at it. Very excited about that. I just signed the speakers agreement last night. So we're anticipating how to respond to all the conferences being canceled. Got another conference call with Finastra this afternoon with their entire marketing department talking about how can we continue to Get information out. What are the new and innovative things we could do? Got some ideas, and we'll be talking about this. Happy to share those on air with you all. But you run training there. You do an outstanding job. But let's get into Bill Cosgrove's leadership. One of the things that Bill recognized well ahead of this when he hired you, and and I'll say this. I don't want to say this in any way that... uh, You're not, you're well paid. You were not easy to get. He had to pay up. In other words, he stepped up and made a significant investment just hiring you, Alice. And that shows someone who sees the long-term benefit down the road. So let's get in and maybe Bill may be listening or not, or he'll listen to it at some point in time, but talk about his leadership. I've always admired him. I just love the guy at a personal level and a professional level, but how is it showing up? Today, how is the leadership actually, how are you experiencing Bill's leadership today?
1: I'll give you a great example. You know, when, was it, two weeks ago when the interest rates first did those massive gyrations right. during the day. I mean, it was, you know, if you're a loan officer on the street and you're going, wow, I couldn't even finish typing in the address right on, in my system and the rate I just told my customer was now changing and what the heck is going on? And you start to wonder, is this my company? Is it really the market? And you're going, well, wait a minute, the tenure didn't move. And, you know, so all these questions come to your mind. And, and with Bill's leadership and our culture And this morning meeting, people can be honest and they can go, what's going on? And Bill is there with an honest answer. Uh, Here's what's happening in the market. He's able to articulate and explain the market. And he instantly comes up with a solution. So if we've got this market that's moving wildly every day, then loan officers deserve to understand that and learn from it in real time. So they implemented a 3 o'clock phone call. That's all about what's happening in the market, explaining secondary, and translating that into ways that will help them communicate to consumer. That, to me, is the leadership that every company should have, is the over-communicate, right? You, people bring an issue to you. I'm concerned, right? The market's changing. How do I explain this to my customers? Well, i got a solution. Let's make sure we talk about it every day in a forum that lets people ask questions. that that just gives you an example of where we've been since before everyone else was here. So it's that type of thing that's happening daily. We pulled together, he pulled together a task force focused on this. They've listed all the issues. Uh, They're in sync with the MBA. So build thoughtfulness and calmness and frankness every single day is what helps all of us then be able to go out and work with our teams and spread that same confidence that we'll get through this. And we're doing everything every day to, Make sure we're serving our customers. That.
0: That's outstanding. Are you doing talk about a little bit about video conferences versus just uh, dial-in and audio only? Are you finding that dial-in audio only are sufficient, or are you using video?
1: Oh, you got to have video. Got to make people turn on their cameras. I had uh, one of my uh, one of my staff was putting up her picture. Going, oh no. <laughs> No, no. We're no. all having bad hair days right now. Sometimes, so. <laughs> get that picture
0: down. <laughs> I get you so know, bored
1: now. Real page. <laughs>
0: I, I, I knew the answer already. I wanted to ask the question, but it is so important. I mean video connects us. When you see people and you're looking at that and it really does. Like several people are saying, ah, what a, I love, your, I love are you in your kitchen. I love that. What you did in the back wall back there. Different people. Are you just having an opportunity to connect to people at a, a different level? And Sue yes, Woodward commented yes, and we're soon to find out. Our true hair colors. That's so funny. Yeah. Mine's gray. I genuinely gray. Don't have to worry about that, but that's not the Case with <laughs> with others in the workforce, or <laughs> coloring is yeah. a regular routine. I know my wife was coming and she says, "Dang, should have had my hair done before all this started."
1: We're <laughs> right. going to be seeing
0: some uh, some new expressions anyway. Alice, thank right. you so much for taking time to be here with us today. We may have we're, we're just going to continue, listeners, to be bringing you special podcasts as the opportunity comes up. And uh, very excited. May, talk to Bill. Uh, I should reach out to Bill. Maybe we can get him to come on and do a brief podcast this week or next as we can. Continue to go through this very unusual circumstances that we're all facing in the industry. So, Alice, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Dave. Folks, it's been good to have you with us. Share this podcast out with others. We appreciate it. If you have any requests for special programming that you would like to have, let us know. Send us that subject material that you want us to cover. You can text it to me at 512-632-2900. Or you can send me a LinkedIn message, and we'll make sure that we get the appropriate people on. If you even have someone say, here's a topic, and we think this person would be great to cover it, that's good. We do want to be a reliable source, again, bringing you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Folks, good to have you with us. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the week. Stay tuned on our website for more programming that will be coming out yet this week.